name is Isabel and I'm 10 years old. Johnny can't move at the moment. He's stuck on the couch having eaten one too many mince pies over Christmas. His blood levels are 75% trifle. He just wants me to introduce this bonus episode of My Movie DNA. If you remember, in episode number 19, Johnny interviewed East FM DJ Phil Taylor. After that episode, Phil asked Johnny onto his She'll Be Right radio show as a guest DJ in late November. And this is recording of that show. Thanks again to Phil for the invitation, and many thanks to the station manager, Michael Rouse, for supplying these recordings. The show is split into two episodes of around two hours each, and you're about to hear episode one of two. The show features Johnny and Phil playing lots of soundtrack selections, having a good chat, and Johnny even murders a couple of songs on the guitar. There's a little bit of buzz on some of the tracks, so hopefully this isn't too distracting. Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy New Year! Escape to Howick Village. With quaint seaside surrounds, you can shop local in over 100 specialty stores. Dine from an eclectic array of restaurants and relaxed cafes and explore surrounding bushwalks and beaches. Plus, don't miss the iconic Saturday markets, offering the finest local foods, fresh produce and artisan arts and crafts. Every Saturday, rain or shine, from 8am till 12.30. Love local, support local and shop local at Howick Village. Wonderful Mambo stylings of the, no doubt, legendary Don Swan and his orchestra. Hooray for Hollywood, the cha-cha version. So welcome into East FM. Of course, you're listening on 88.1 and 107.1 FMs on your local wireless styles here in the East Auckland area. We're also beaming out around the world at www.eastfm.nz. We thank very much the sponsors of our online listening, those great folks at Howard Village Optometrist. For all your sight requirements, you want to get into Howard Village Optometrist because, well, they're situated here in Picton Street in the heart of Howard Village. Easy access. And, of course, they will have you seeing right, right? And, uh, well, you can pick up East FM on the iHeart Radio app. So welcome into She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ, that's me, and I'm here right the way through to four o'clock. And the big news is, we've got a special guest DJ this afternoon, it's a very special show, because we're doing movie soundtracks. And then when you think of movies and soundtracks, and also um, people that really enjoy movies, and also music, well, the first guy I think of is Johnny Andrews. Johnny's here right now for the next four hours, and we're going to be, well, we're going to be entertained by his selections of some great movie soundtracks and no doubt 
we'll probably have a few good uh, chats about different things in and around the movies. Very good afternoon to you, Johnny. How are you, mate? And uh, lovely to have you in here. Nice to be here. Yeah, really good. And uh, it was wonderful that um, only a few weeks ago, uh, Johnny, who lives locally here in the uh, the Howick area, uh, invited me to uh, be part of his uh, My Movie DNA podcast. And uh, where can you find that, mate? So that can be found anywhere where you can find podcasts. So Apple Music, uh, Spotify, the internet, ev- pretty much everywhere. So you just Google search My Movie DNA yep. and you can go and find our latest episode with Phil Taylor. Yeah, oh, brilliant. And really, really appreciated it too. And obviously, uh, I talk too much on that uh, particular podcast. So uh, I'll be doing less talking this <laughs> afternoon and it'll be role reversal, all right? I believe that when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. No, real real true. Though usually on the show, I, I do tend to, uh, to try to play as much music as I can. Um, yeah, well, it's been an interesting morning anyway, because usually I would talk, uh, I would be uh, around home and listening to Tony King. Um, but if you heard the end of Tony King's show, um, Tony wasn't, uh, he's doing um, the top songs from particular years uh, 1973 was his focus this morning but I don't think he was actually too um, too over enthusiastic about the mu- the music of 1973. Well I, I thought it was quite threatening. Uh, <laughs> you better watch out, you better beware if you've got long black hair. Well mm. Mm. Yeah it was a different time wasn't it <laughs> yeah certainly uh, but anyway we thank Tony King uh, for another excellent budget breakfast show this morning and he'll be doing another, another year in the spotlight. 1963 I think uh, next week's uh, budget breakfast from Tony so we thank him for that. Also nice to see Brian, uh, the professor in here as well. Brian will be looking after this show next Saturday because uh, I'm going to be uh, out of town uh, but uh, yeah and then returning the uh, the following week and we'll have a, a great show lined up for December the 9th. Um, but what I was doing this morning and um, I had three radios on in different rooms because as you're going about your business on Saturday morning, there's always a a few things to do around the home. Uh, Of course, it was Kim Hill's last show on Radio New Zealand this morning. And, uh, yeah, I'm not not scared to talk about other radio stations on this one because obviously Kim Hill has been such a legend and probably one of our greatest broadcasters this morning, and it was a thoroughly entertaining show. And I understand that there will be an interview with her on Jim Mora's show on National Radio tomorrow morning as well. So uh, not to uh, not to uh, distract you from uh, listening to uh, East FM, but uh, she certainly has been a great broadcaster, so uh, we must uh, pay tribute to that because um, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Now, in the spotlight, we've got Johnny, and um, so, what's the program this afternoon, mate? So, the program this afternoon is uh, main titles. So, when you look at when you watch films and they've got a soundtrack score, m- the main title is usually the the big piece of music that introduces the film. Yes, uh, or is the main theme of the film. Yeah, and I think we've got one coming up. Fantastic. So, um, we're just going to now. Johnny's brought in a lot of these uh, soundtracks on vinyl too, because uh, he uh, is a pop culture fanatic and uh, an equal measure it would be uh, be fair to say um, he loves his music and he also loves his movies so uh, we're going to be playing them on vinyl and uh, without more further ado we're going to get into the first one no introduction required no let's do it okay here we go
I do believe that is the ending of that track. And uh, I'm going to let uh, Johnny talk about uh, that particular piece of music. And lovely it was too. So that was uh, the main theme for The Goonies, uh, 1985, directed by Richard Donner. Uh, and that was called Fratelli Chase. And that's a big chase on the, on the beach that opens the film. And I just love it. It's such a pulsing, rousing uh, score. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And that's by Dave Grusin. Yes. Who you might know, he did the soundtrack to The Graduate, ah. as, as many many other things. Fantastic. Of course, The Graduate uh, featured Dustin Hoffman. It did. Music of uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Correct. Yeah, that's right, back in the day. Mumbling Dustin. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, the scene where he's in the back of the bus? Mm. Yeah, and was that Anne Bancroft? Uh, no, that was the daughter ah. in the back of the bus. Right. Anne Bancroft is the mother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you are listening to East FM. You're listening to She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ. That's me, here through to four o'clock. Extra special guest DJ, and really nice to have him in the studio today. Johnny Andrews, local movie expert, uh, based here in Howick as well, and uh, all-round good guy. Uh, Just got to put a shout-out to uh, my good friend Mike. Mike has opened the She'll Be Right show branch out there in the wild west Waitakere. So thanks, Mike. Thanks for the message and thanks for listening in, bro. And uh, we will catch up soon. And uh, I'm sure that uh, a lot of the tracks that uh, Johnny will play this afternoon will take you and all the listeners down uh, a few wonderful uh, memory lanes, trips down memory lane this afternoon. Now, I'm going to... uh, Oh... That's right. I've got another song. I've got one track lined up. It's another instrumental, in fact, uh, as we uh, swap over some vinyl. Um, I'm just going to let the music do the talking.
I'd like a room. Um, <laughs> yeah, theme to the Pink Panther, obviously, uh, by the Henry Mancini Orchestra. Um, talking to Johnny, uh, Henry Mancini, huge, yeah, huge name in, in, in movie soundtracks. Yeah, and even songs that should be on movie soundtracks, like Lujon. Yes. So that was just an instrumental that he came up with, yeah. and it has been mo- used on movies since, yeah. but it is the most perfect song yeah, I think it's in the Big Lebowski and a couple of other ch- ah. couple, couple of other films. Yeah, brilliant. But uh, that is a beautiful piece of uh, music. Yeah, when you when you think about big band and orchestra leaders like Henry Mancini, I mean he's definitely right up there, you yep. know, top of the game. But you know there have been some other um, amazing people uh, that have uh, been involved with uh, orchestral arrangements and music for uh, movies down the years. Um, was there a John Williams? I'm just trying to think of uh, other people in that same sort of niche or, or, or that same sort of um, yeah. ballpark. I guess a lot of the American composers like Lalo Schifrin all come from those sort of jazzy mm. uh, conducting, yeah. composing uh, backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, John Williams is the goat as far as I'm concerned. Oh, really? He's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's great. <laughs> right. Now, uh, we've got another vinyl lined up now. And uh, I'm going to leave it to Johnny to uh, introduce this, though though we can talk about it. It's about a a, a great movie from the gangster era. Yeah, so this is a 1987 film, The Untouchables, directed Mm. by Brian De Palma. Uh, This is the main title, and the music is by the great composer, we were just talking about great composers, Ennio Morricone. Yes, who's only just passed away in the yeah, last couple, couple of years. Yeah, a couple of last years, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I remember Tony King on The Budget Breakfast, uh, he, he um, celebrated the music of that particular gentleman uh, at the time of yep. his passing as well. Uh, Shall we... We'll play the track, Yeah, which is the opening track on the album, and then we'll come back to the movie, because that's a movie... I don't know how many times you've seen that. I, I've probably seen it, yeah, 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 probably three or four times. So without more further ado, here is the opening track to the soundtrack to that wonderful movie about the gangsters, the untouchables.
another beautiful orchestral um, arrangement on that. I'm going to leave it to Johnny to uh, talk about that particular uh, song, music. So I love The Untouchables. It's such a great film. Uh, 1987, starring Kevin Costner and Sean Connery. And of course, uh, Sean Connery won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, he did. Okay. Playing the most uh, unrealistic Irishman <laughs> with a Scottish accent. That's right. But we can, we, we'll let him off for that. And he had cloth cap. He did have a cloth cap, yeah. yep. And, well, spoiler alert, I, I don't think you can have spoilers for a film that's uh, 40 years old, but uh, the scene where he uh, uh, gets shot yes. is so heartbreaking. Yeah. It really is heartbreaking. And I, I think I watched it, I would have been 10, 10 or 11 years old when I first saw that, and, man, it still, it still yeah. makes, me, makes me weep. I right. Mean, yeah. Because it's all based on, well, loosely based on, loosely, on, yeah. on the on the true story in and around the Chicago period with Al Capone. Correct. Yeah. 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 And Kevin Costner plays Elliot Ness. He does. Yeah. And of course, um, that actually, the movie came after because Elliot Ness, or The Untouchables, I think was a television show Yeah, in black and Yeah, black and white TV show, I think, yeah. maybe in the 50s. Yeah, going way, way yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right now, uh, I've just switched over the uh, the vinyl, so we're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, we're gonna play the first track on side two of the um, soundtrack to the Untouchables. So that was the main the main theme of the Untouchables, which uh, plays over the end credits. And I think what we're gonna do now is play the the title that leads into the film in the uh, opening credits. Oh, brilliant! Here we go. So we're just uh, the needle is dropping down onto the vinyl. It's a lovely. It's a pleasure to be playing vinyl.
through the drama. Um, some beautiful uh, harmonica playing in there mm. too. Be- mm. Yeah, very reminiscent of his Western themes. Yes, for Sergio Leone. Yeah, beautiful. Really good. Okay, so that was the first track on side two of the soundtrack to the movie. The Untouchables, you are listening to East FM. You're listening to Shelby Wright on Saturdays with PJ. And extra special guest DJ this afternoon is the man from my Movie DNA podcast, Johnny Andrews, who is a local. Uh, now, we're all, well, local to East Auckland, but he's a local to all of Auckland. Uh, can we get to a little bit of your background? Um, sure. Yeah, where did, you, where did you come from, Johnny? So I'm from a town called Oldham, which oh. is uh, north east, well, slightly north east of Manchester. When we did the podcast, you said uh, Manchester yeah. or, or near I, Manchester. I always say I always yeah. say Manchester because it's easier and people mm. don't really know Oldham. A lot of people, if you follow football in this country, you'll know Oldham because of Oldham Athletic. And Correct. of course, uh, back in the day, probably 20, 30 years ago, of course, Oldham Athletic had a great football team uh, led by, managed by Joe Royal, who was also a great footballer, played for uh, Everton mm-hmm. and... Um, Played for England as well. Played for Liverpool, uh, sorry, Everton in Liverpool as well. But I do remember those halcyon days yep. when. Uh, and was that a, the Athletic Ground? Uh, Boundary Park. Boundary Park. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Brilliant. So the the claim to fame for Oldham, and you know, this is something that nobody will ever be able to take away from Oldham, is that it was the birthplace of the world's first test tube baby. Wow. And I was born in the same hospital, same ward. About two weeks apart from that from that young girl called Louise Brown. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it says about Oldham that we need to grow our own children, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. so I presume that she's lived on. Yes, she's and it, same yeah. age as me. Wow. Yeah. So does she pop up in the news every now time? every now and again whenever there's a anniversary? Yeah, or an IVF story, like a yeah. breakthrough. They'll always go to her to say, "Oh, this was the world." Yeah. And yeah. yeah, she was born in Oldham. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Now, uh, apart from yourself, um, who are other uh, well-known people to have come out of Oldham, putting you on the spot? I'm just trying. There is. Was there a comedian? Uh, oh no! Of course, there is the one, the only, the Bard of Oldham. The great poet, punk poet himself. Yeah, John Cooper Clark. John Cooper Clark. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's a very funny man. He's yeah. unbelievably funny. Yeah. Uh, and still, and still, still is. going. Yeah. And has also has there been an album out in probably the last ten years where, yeah, I've got Maybe. a feeling there might have been like like and quite a cool musical album yep. that that he's fronted as well. Um, the only opportunity, well, no, there has been plenty of opportunities to catch him down the years, uh, though I haven't done that. But I did find him at the lily pad ah. at the big day out one day. Yes. Um, but he was probably, and it was mid-afternoon, yeah. which is not that, you know, yeah. late in the uh, big day out proceedings. But um, he'd certainly had a lot of local merchandise um, or, you know, <laughs> products by the time that. But. It was fitting the sort of performance in the lily pad at that time of day. Yep. So it sort of, um, you know, it was all okay. Right, I've just got the next uh, yes. album, vinyl, and it's turning on the turntable. Do you want to just bring us in a little bit about 
what we're going to play next. Sure. We're about to hear the main title for Escape from New York, Brilliant. which is a 1981 film by John Carpenter. Yep. And the great thing about John Carpenter is he writes and directs his own films, but he yes. also does the music for his own films. Yeah. So this is composed and performed by John Carpenter with his, he's got like a soundtrack uh, guy that helps him in the studio called Alan Howarth. Okay. Uh, and th this is their first collaboration. I think they both went on to do all, all of his films from this point on. Uh, if you think back to f things like uh, Halloween, which is his breakthrough, that's just John Carpenter on his own, yep. on the piano. Yep. And this comes in with a bit more of a th uh, syn synthesizer sound, uh, and it's such a great evocative tune. I love it. Okay, this is John Carpenter's music from Escape from New York.
just that last little bit here. Lovely. You think that they've channeled their innermost Pete Townsend from Barbara oh, O'Reilly? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, maybe. I think you might be right there. Yeah, and Mike out west, he'd probably would hear that too. Me and Mike were uh, huge Who fans when we were younger. Who? Mike, uh, Who? Mike, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Mike also has just texted in to say um, he had a connection. Uh, Mike's from Auckland, uh, Roskill. And uh, he said, uh, stayed in Oldham, ah. went up the Pennine Way ah. to Emily Bronte's place. Ah. Apologies. <laughs> so, <laughs> apologies about what? Uh, just staying being, in being, Oldham? Yeah, being in Oldham, yeah. Really? No, it's, uh, it's quite a deprived place. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like a lot of those places up in the north. It's northwest, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, northwest. Yeah. Well, it was the, it was, you know, so close to Manchester, it was, it was the heart of the Industrial Revolution. So yeah. Cotton mills everywhere. That's right. But obviously that industry collapsed. Mm. Yep. You know, before I was born. Yeah. When I was when I was growing up, there were cotton mills just sp- sp- splayed, splayed. Yeah, splayed across the landscape. Yeah. They've started to come down, but uh, yeah, it's not the it's mm. not the most affluent town these days. Yeah. Yeah. Very very working class too. A lot of people um, crammed into a, a small area. The other thing too, the effects on the environment as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Smog. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, you are listening to East FM, you're listening to She'll Be Right, and uh, I'm PJ, he's Johnny Andrews. Now, we are going to um, swap over the vinyl, so I'm going to let Johnny introduce the next one, which is a major favourite of ours. In fact, we can talk a little bit about this, um, the soundtrack to The Blues Brothers. Yeah, so when you joined me a few weeks ago on the podcast, which, uh, just to plug the podcast once again, yeah, is, is, is my movie DNA, uh, this was one of the uh, films that we discussed uh, 1980, 1980, I think. Yeah, seventy nine, uh, eighty, yeah, seventy nine or eighty. Yeah, and for a for a film that is well, it's essentially a musical. I mm. mean, that's what it is. Yeah, but for a film that is a musical and is concerned with music so much, it's crazy how silent it opens. Mm. So if you imagine when it opens, it's like a big industrial uh, helicopter shot of yep. Chicago, Chicago. Yes, exactly. Just of all the you know industry. Yeah. Back, back to industry. Yeah. There's no music. It's yeah. just it's just noise the noise mm. of, of industry. You uh, can hear maybe uh, the faint sound of a train. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. such a weird opening, but yeah. you know, quite evocative. And then as soon as Elwood picks up his brother Jake and they mm. get back in the in the bluesmobile, uh, this is the song that, that starts the film, which serves as a as a main title. Uh, and it's called uh, She Caught the Katie. And after um of course you can hear the footsteps of Jake blues walking through the prison as he's let out but here is here it is
so many good memories when as soon as you play that music, eh? Big time. Yeah, fantastic. And I hope you all enjoyed that. If you do remember fondly uh, the Blues Brothers movie, and uh, I still try to watch it at least at least once a year, a bit like uh, another movie uh, that I will mention, though, no, I won't mention it, because just in case uh, Johnny's going to feature it later. <laughs> uh, you are listening to East FM, you're listening to She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ, that's me, and our extra special guest DJ this afternoon is uh, a multi-talented man, uh, Johnny Andrews, who's got uh, My Movie DNA podcast, amongst many other things, and um, we are now going to invite him to play a song live. But uh, just a little bit of back, your background. Uh, so you have played in bands. Yes. And, and you're sitting here with a with a lovely Adonis yes, guitar. that's right. Uh, acoustic. Uh, has that got a pickup? Uh, it does have a pickup, but yeah. I'm not going to play the pickup. No, yeah. no, because we've got nothing to plug you. Yeah. Well, we've probably got something to plug you into, but that's a little bit complicated. But uh, when did you start playing music? I started playing when I was 13 or 14. Yeah. Played in lots of local bands in the uh, Manchester area. Yeah, uh, and probably the the pinnacle of my uh, of my career was we played the Cavern, 
the wow. night the night before Paul McCartney played there in 1999. Wow! So they they built a special uh, stage for him in this side area, which not usually where the bands play, but we played on that on that stage. And I thought maybe I should like secret myself in like a wall cavity for 24 <laughs> hours, and uh, then I can meet him. But I, I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good times. Yeah, I thought you were going to say you just uh, just put a uh, you were going to write with a permanent marker on <laughs> on some wall. Um, we love you, Maka. Yeah. yeah, but that's actually quite a famous. Isn't that the first time he went back there after about thirty years? Something like that. Yeah, and yeah. it was a great band that he that he put yes. together for that. Like Dave Gilmore was in the band as well, yeah. and a couple and of other people. Was there maybe Ian Pace on yep. drums? Correct as well. You yeah. know the great Ian Drake. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no, I do remember. And and they just got up there and they did some classic rock and roll. Yeah, they did some classic rock and roll. I think that there was uh, his influences, yes. you know, pre-Beatles, and then I think they encored with I Saw Her Standing There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very special gig. <laughs> okay, so without more further ado, uh, and talking of uh, the Beatles as well, I'm going to leave it to uh, Johnny Andrews to introduce what he's going to play next. We're just going to open up the mics and I'll uh, control the volume. Away you go. So, uh, on the subject of Lennon and McCartney, you might you might have heard they've got a new single out. Yeah. It's, it's not every day that we hear a new Beatles single, but uh, I don't think we're going to get many more. Uh, but I'd like to play a Lennon and McCartney song now. It's more, more of a Lennon song, and mm. it's uh, from uh, Rubber Soul. Fantastic. Um, beautiful. So obviously uh, the Beatles have been uh, a big part of your life, uh, though I'm totally presumptuous by saying obviously. Yep. Uh, my, my dad is a big fan, and I, I get that from my dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the greatest band that ever lived and probably will ever live. Yeah. Did he play music? He didn't, no. No. But he, he, 
he uh, consumed a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, he was a music uh, appreciation yeah. Uh, person. Um, yeah, what sort of things were playing in your household when you were growing up? Uh, Beatles, Stones, mm. uh, Clapton, yeah, uh, Hendrix, yeah, okay. all, all the good stuff. Yeah, really. Okay, so you you got uh, you got a good education yeah, uh, early time. on as well. Yeah, very good. Right now we are. And thank you so much. Um, Johnny is, is going to be here all afternoon. Um, not all week, but uh, definitely uh, we will get him to play some more. But that was absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you. you know, it's a lovely little um, lovely little track to play on the guitar. You know, that, yeah. you know, yeah. Lovely little folky. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Norwegian Wood there by Johnny Andrews, uh, originally by Lennon and McCartney. And he's played on the same, well, he's played on the stage at the Cavern. So, hey. Yeah, actually, how did that go? That gig, the gig went fine. Yeah, yeah, it was a great gig. It was a local band night, so lots of uh, you know you, you're playing in these city bars. Mm. Lots of places in Manchester and Liverpool do the same thing, and it'll be three or four local bands. Yeah, uh, maybe doing half an hour or forty minutes each. Yep. And I think we might have headlined that night. Um, there might have been a band on after us, but it was yeah, it was yeah. a good, good show. Yeah, I played a lot of those down in yeah. London too, where you uh, where there's one drum kit, and it's usually Correct. the uh, the drummer the, the drum kit of the drummer that's playing in the Correct. last band of the evening. Yeah, um, and you've got to be very polite to him uh, if you're playing before yes, them as well. Do. And if you are the drummer at the end of the night, um, you're worried about your equipment. Um, yeah. And what state you've got to wait. Be. You've got to wait until uh, <laughs> until everyone finishes. Yeah. Yeah, and you just got to hope that there's not a death metal band playing before you too, because yep. uh, it might be in a bit of a state. Or oh, well, that guy, the guy that was playing the drum kit for the Who on the night that the Who, of course, met Keith Moon, and um, for some reason Keith got up there and played on somebody else's drum kit, and, and all the guys in the band said, "Hey, he's the man he's the for man. us." But of course, um, yeah, you'd always have to feel sorry for the other guy uh, whose drum kit was probably destroyed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we're dropping the needle on the next uh, track, and it's a, a soundtrack. I might bring you in and, and, and let us know. This is actually looking reasonably familiar, though I can't quite remember. Yeah, so this is a 1975... 1974 film, The Taking of Pelham 123. Brilliant. Uh, directed by Joseph Sargent. And this music is by David Shire. Now, David Shire, the composer, is Francis Ford Coppola's brother in law. Okay. So he married yeah. Francis Ford Coppola's sister, Talia. Yeah. And she takes her name, Talia Shire, from David Shire. Uh, the reason I love this film, so this is the film about the subway uh, network in New York that gets uh, taken over by terrorists, yep. led by Robert Shaw, uh, and the hero of the story is Walter Matto. Yep. The reason I love this film, uh, and, and this soundtrack in particular, is it's the funkiest music mm. you can imagine coming out of a white man. It is absolutely <laughs> uh, fantastic, uh, and it just absolutely cooks. Wow, that's quite the intro as well. I don't think I've ever seen the movie, but here we go.
and that was the first track on the uh, the soundtrack of the album. Uh, sorry, the sound the first song, side one of the soundtrack to the movie Take the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Yeah, so Pelham One Two Three is the name of the train. I seem to remember, but uh, yeah, I mean it's such a funky score, and it's all like that. That's not that's not like a, an exception. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you if you ever hear James Brown uh, being analysed. You know, J- James Brown yes. invented funk for, you know, yes, he, did. he really did. And yeah. the thing about funk is that they play on the one, yeah. not on the two or the four. Yeah. And that does as well. It's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 It's absolutely great. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, the one thing that I have noticed uh, already, and we've played uh, quite a few tracks on vinyl already, uh, Johnny's Selections. Uh, if you are joining the broadcast now, you are listening to East FM, you're listening to She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ, that's me. Extra special guest DJ this afternoon is our local movie expert in, uh, in East Auckland, Johnny Andrews. You're also uh, a vinyl collector and a lot of these uh, vinyl um, are coloured pictorial vinyl as well too. So you've been, you, have you been going back and or, or yeah, going back as in looking at the movies that you've, enjoyed down the years and, and finding uh, yeah. colour and picture vinyl? So I, I never really stopped collecting vinyl. Uh, I, I grew up on vinyl. And then, obviously, you know, I was buying CDs when CDs were the were the thing. Yeah. But I still bought the odd single and, and such on, on vinyl. And then around about 1998 or 1999, I was at an all-night party in London. Yeah. And it really was an all-night yeah. party. Yeah. And I was in a, ro- a bed, someone's bedroom and we were going through this guy's... Uh, second-hand vinyl selection and I thought you know I, this is what I should be doing really so I sold all of my CDs yep. and I'm now 100% vinyl uh, good time to sell CDs at that time because yeah. the bottom's really fallen out Correct. of that market yeah 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 yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got hundreds of them and I was always into soundtracks but I didn't have that many I'd, you know I'd, I'd buy the odd one like we just heard the Blues Brothers before you know I'd buy the odd one when they popped up yeah. but in the last maybe 15 years there's been such an explosion in, in mm. soundtrack vinyl there's all these boutique soundtrack labels that have turned up that are releasing scores that have never been uh, released before. They've even gone to things like the, the, you know, if the composers passed away, they've even gone to their estate, found the original master tapes and and, uh, remixed them and remastered them. Uh, And yeah, there's such a big community. So one of my friends, uh, Tom Matthews, he's a a composer. He lives in Auckland. He's another big soundtrack head. And there's, you know, there's these few people dotted around here and there that are just absolutely nuts about soundtracks yeah. and that's that's me as well well the one that we've got spinning on the uh, the turntable at the moment is absolutely fantastic it sort of um, reminds me of one of those leopard skin tops that um it's a bit cougarish isn't it <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> you that, not me <laughs> uh right so um it is the soundtrack to what Killer movie, uh, very famous. Yeah, so we we did mention this earlier. So this is from 1978, and it is uh, John Carpenter's second or third film called Halloween, and it was for a, a long time the most successful uh, film of all time in in terms of you know they made it for like a couple of thousand, a couple of hundred thousand dollars, and it you know it just mm. went absolutely nuts in yep. the in the box office. Yeah. And this is his score on on piano. It's beautiful, and it still is a very enduring album uh, movie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, incredibly memorable, that particular piece of music. Yeah, it's so simple as well, isn't it? It's just mm. a couple of notes on the piano, but uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's almost like a, um, you know, like a, a rudiment um, yeah. a training session for uh, piano playing mm. or uh, just even a warm-up. Okay, you are listening to East FM, you're listening to Shelby Wright, I'm PJ, he's Johnny Andrews, and we're doing mostly Johnny's selections this afternoon, and he's also going to be, uh, well, he's going to play it live for us again uh, shortly, uh, but he gave us a wonderful rendition of uh, Norwegian Wood just now. Now, as I'm changing the, the vinyl... Uh, I'll leave Johnny to uh, introduce uh, what he has selected next. Yeah, so when you talk about film composing, there's always one name that keep that everyone re- re- returns to, and that's John Williams, who is absolutely, uh, you know, the, the GOAT or the greatest of all time. Uh, and, you know, he's got such a... Uh, uh, he's had such a collaboration with Steven Spielberg. And when you think of Spielberg... He is like the modern day Hitchcock in terms of he understands the the connection between art and commerce yeah. uh, more than more than anyone. And yeah, when you when you think of all the different uh, Spielberg and John Williams collaborations, there's mm-hmm. so many good ones. Uh, you know, you got Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., and yeah, it it is probably the the greatest director composer really. Com- partnership you can think of yeah yeah because of its longevity i think so yeah, yeah but also because those those themes seem to have sort of transcended the cinema and you know mm. when you think of like classical music and you think of all the beethovens and the Bachs and the mozarts mm. i'm pretty sure uh john williams's tunes or melodies will 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 last that long i really yeah. do yeah. i really do think that They'll be there, um, like the Henry Mancini's yeah. of the world. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to drop the needle on this now. This is going to be a, a track. Now, it is a, a, an album track into the vinyl, so hopefully the needle is going to be reasonably close to the track that uh, Johnny is selecting. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Here we go.
just to end that particular piece of music, which is incredibly uh, memorable. Mm. Uh, also with that, um, yeah, there's, a, there's a sense of optimism and triumph about that particular music. Yeah, big I don't time. know why. You know, it's, it's a real march, isn't it? Yeah, and I think John Williams excels at the, the, the hero themes. Mm. So uh, I don't know if you know music theory, but if you go to a fifth from a root note... Yes. So Star Wars does this, and Superman da, yes. da, da, that 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 uh, that rise from the one to the five. Yeah, he really excels at it. And, yeah. uh, it is fantastic, brilliant, and uh, and we've got some lovely uh, accompaniment yeah. from a barking dog outside as well. Yeah. Uh, like to open up the uh, studio window here <laughs> as they're closing up uh, the market in the background. Thank you, dog. Um, just to give you a little bit of a on-the-street live sort of uh, vibe about She'll Be Right, and that's what you're listening to. And you're listening to East FM, and we're broadcasting on 88.1 and 107.1 FMs on your local wireless dials in the East Auckland area, east of the Tamaki River, all the way out to Paradise on the Bahutakawa Coast, Beachlands and Maraitai, and all those wonderful communities connecting in with Howick, Pakaranga, Botany and Flatbush. But, of course, we go out a little bit further on those frequencies into other parts of Auckland. And, of course, you can pick us up online at www.eastfm.nz. We thank very much the sponsors of our online listening. Howick Village Optometrists, of course, are situated in Picton Street in the heart of Howick Village. And, of course, uh, they will have you seeing right, right? And, of course, you can pick up East FM on the iHeartRadio app, like uh, I know a lot of people do. So thanks to everybody who's listening in. Uh, so I'm PJ. We're here through to 4 o'clock. Our special guest DJ this afternoon is our local East Auckland. Uh, I've been calling you expert, but, I mean, sometimes that puts a little bit of pressure on you. I mean, you're an, just 
a very, very um, enthusiastic... Um, obsessive? Yeah, obsessive. Do, yeah. do you think so? Well, uh, if I told you how many films I watch <laughs> in a year, uh, you'd probably be horrified. Right. Uh, so last year I watched 650 films. Wow, okay. And I'm, I'm slightly down on my numbers this year, but I'm, I'm up there at 585. Wow. So I, yeah, I, and that is, yeah... People say, how can, you, how can you watch that many films? If you've got a job and a family. I have a very understanding wife. Uh, and yeah, I think that's a major understatement. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I, well I, you are a saint. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't watch any TV. I don't watch any sports. Ah. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's give, give and take. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd rather watch a film than, than any of those other, other things. Yeah. And, and you do like, to post a, a, about the things that you're listening to as well, which is which is always a good thing, because you know you're putting that you, you're putting that out into the universe. You're either reminding people of uh, something you know that they may have listened to a long time ago, or you're actually introducing uh, something to them. I know that uh, you know I follow you on Facebook too, and and you probably post a few times a day. I would have thought in terms of what you're listening to, but um, I find that as you know just just an interesting source of. Um, you know, material. Yeah. I mean, I just love playing vinyl. Yeah. As we're doing this, this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, it's such a, a rich listening experience. You, you don't really get that when you're playing on Spotify or, uh, you know, playing the odd yeah. digital file with a little thumbnail. You can actually look at these uh, jackets and look mm. at the notes and, you know, look at the pictures and it's, it's, it's a fantastic experience. Yeah, that's what I've always loved about music too, especially recorded and in hard copy too. I've not... I'm, I don't have much stuff on digital files, on phones or on devices as well. I still love to have the hard copy exactly for what you've just been talking about. Um, it's always to um, to look at the artwork, uh, also to read uh, the stories um, connected. I mean, I've got a lot of old uh, records at home too and some of the sleeve notes and the yeah. writing, um, yeah. the colourful writing by some really well-known people yep. commenting um, I remember reading one recently. Sammy Davis Jr. was writing on the back of a, an album. That's right, Diana Ross and the Supremes nice. live at the Copacabana wow. in New York. And Sammy Davis Jr. wrote the, you know, and it, you know, it's considerable. It's probably five or six hundred words. Yeah. And yeah, just outstanding. I mean, whether he had a ghostwriter as well too, mm. but um, yeah, just and and then also the the trail that that takes you to, you know. Just looking at the title of a song, and in the brackets underneath the song, you see the credit for the yeah. songwriters. And you know, I think a lot of us, you know, my journey back into listening to rhythm and blues and soul music, and especially blues music, uh, was taken when I was listening to a lot of those sort of British R and B bands. You know, uh, back in the 1960s, they were doing covers of great people, such as um, Chuck Berry and others. So then you end up, uh, you know, discovering all those wonderful works. Okay, got another vinyl uh, lined up now, and this is from another incredibly uh, memorable movie. That was a huge movie all around the world. Had a huge impact, didn't it, this, this it, particular it one? It really did. So um, I'll leave it to you to introduce. So we're going to play the main title from The Silence of the Lambs uh, from 1991, uh, composed by Howard Shaw. So this was such a big film, uh, directed by Jonathan Demme, one of only three films of won all five major Oscars. So mm -hmm. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and one of the screenwriting uh, uh, Oscars. The other two being uh, 
One Flew Over the Cookie's Nest. Yeah. And it it happened one night. Ah, okay. Uh, so it's a very, uh, you know, it's a it's a massive achievement for a film, and it, that doesn't usually happen too often. There's only been mm. three in just uh, just nearly 100 years of Oscars. Yeah. Uh, and this is such a fantastic score uh, and such a fantastic film that's just penetrated popular culture. I mean, you know, you say Hannibal Lecter, you know mm. who that is. And uh, There's one thing to have an idea and also, um, you know, a, a great concept for a movie and also a great script, but it really came down to the strength of the acting, though, wasn't it? Correct. So this was Jodie Foster's second mm. Oscar. She got an Oscar for The Accused. Yeah, when she was... Young, a bit younger. Not yeah. she wasn't taxi driver young, but yeah. she was she was uh, a little bit young. She was in the twenties, I think. Yeah. Uh, so she, yeah, she won Best Actress, and then obviously Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor. Uh, you know who is just the man. He's yeah. still winning Oscars. I mean, he won yeah. Best Actor a couple of years ago. Yeah, love the man. Um, love his involvement also with uh, the world's fastest Indian. But here we go. Here is the first track on the soundtrack for The Silence of the Lambs.
And that's the first piece of music from the soundtrack to the movie Silence of the Lambs. Just a couple of um, thoughts too. Yeah, I'd watch anything with um, Anthony Hopkins. Do you see any of those little sort of Instagram things that he does? Oh, he's all over it, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's still up there, age 80s, whatever, oh, yeah. posting on TikTok. And it's always <laughs> a really, really good message yeah. Yeah. as well. And yeah. and um, and he's having fun. And it usually involves a little bit of a dance or physical activity. Yeah, and I don't know if you know when he won the uh, Best Actor Oscar a few years ago for... <laughs> is it The Father? Okay. But he, uh, he just went to bed. He didn't stay up to receive his Oscar. He just went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like rock, the most rock and roll thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, it's just natural human activity. But, yeah. I mean, obviously making out that um, it wasn't so much of a big deal. Um, just talking about m- movies as well, I would I would go and see Jodie Foster in anything. Yeah. She's just incredible. Um, and also, I just saw a movie uh, on Netflix, which Janine found at home, and it was a really, really good story based on a true story about a, a woman in America who attempted something like four or five times to swim from Cuba to Florida. And in fact, she was well into her 60s, I think, when she finally achieved it. There there had been three or four aborted uh, attempts at it, uh, and she finally got there in in, in her 60s. And and she was played by Annette Bening, which is a fantastic movie. I can't quite remember what that was. Yeah, I've not seen that yet, but a few people have said it's quite good, so Mm. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, Yeah, nice. Um, Another movie that I actually saw last night too, uh, and we will play um, a track by them too, uh, was The Chills. Uh, the Triumphs and Tragedy of Martin Phillips as well. Uh, and I just picked that up on Sky Open last night on Channel 15 on Free to Air, and it was absolutely fantastic. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. That could be my contribution. Right, people, you are listening to uh, East FM. You're listening to She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ and our extra special guest DJ this afternoon is Johnny Andrews. And uh, for our little podcast section... I thought we'd have a just a little bit more of a chat uh, without playing uh, music, so we can uh, we can pull a little bit out of this show and put it on as a podcast. So, Johnny Andrews, this is your life, and uh, you. Yeah, actually, on that particular uh, show topic, I mean, New Zealand, we've had that here. Mm. Um, I think it originally came from uh, Britain as well, too. So was it a gentleman by the name of Eamon Andrews that might have done that program? Michael Aspel. Oh, Michael Aspel, yes. I think they had a couple of different uh, presenters, but it was a very popular show all the time when I was growing up through to the 90s. It did keep going until, I don't know, maybe early 2000s even. Yeah. Yeah. But such a great idea for a show that they uh, mm. they spring. It's like an intervention, yeah. isn't it? They yeah. spring this on, on on a famous person. Yeah. They they make them believe they go into I don't know a show or something. That's right. And then they've got all of their friends and yeah. families there, and it's like you know I'm, I'm surprised no one had a heart attack and you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really good idea for a show. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's, it's definitely springing uh, an idea on you. Springing was was a very good idea. A little bit like candid camera. Mm. Uh, but of course they came in afterwards. Was there an equivalent to Candid to Camera? Because that was a big American show. Um. Yeah. So the the English version of that is Beatles about. So ah, Jeremy right. Beadle would do yeah. a, the similar thing, and I think they just copied that format. Yeah. Hidden cameras. Yeah. Pranks and 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 such. Yeah. Uh, good so, times. Okay. So you okay? So you've got a, a wonderful uh, podcast, uh, My Movie DNA, and uh, as we've mentioned earlier in the show, you can. Just do a Google search on My Movie DNA, three words, and uh, it will come up straight away, My Movie DNA, Johnny Andrews. And then uh, you've done quite a few already, uh, but let's go 
and you know that's all been created because of your you know passion and your enthusiasm for movies but when what's your movie dna what's your first memory introduction to movies oh good good question i'm, I'm not prepared for this <laughs> <laughs> the interviewer is being interviewed uh so yeah my first memory is probably at home watching things like superman yeah the, the 1978 superman uh okay christopher reeve yeah, yeah star wars those sorts of things. I didn't see... I was too early for Star Wars. I was born in 78. Star Wars okay. is 77. Yeah. I remember watching Empire Strikes Back on video at home. And then my parents took me to see Return of the Jedi in 1983, and I fell asleep. Uh-huh. So I would have been four or five at that time. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you've grown up in, in the colour television uh, era? Very much so. Although yeah. the, the spare room had a black and white TV, so I used to watch a lot of... Yeah broadcast television in in black and white yeah you know, okay. when, I, when i was growing up yeah okay so you got you you were able to experience what your parents generation yep. and, and and my generation uh, though i'm only a few years older than you too but yep. yeah i mean as we talked in the podcast I, I grew up in a very black and white television era yep. um where you had about three or four i mean because you inherited <laughs> everybody's second hand that's right black and whites as uh black yep. and white tvs were were replaced by color tvs in households and it's never good watching the snooker in black and white <laughs> There's that famous piece of commentary yeah. where it says, and it, the white just bounces off the red. And for those viewers in black and white, that's the ball that's next to the blue. <laughs> Which was incredibly um, conscientious uh, of the commentator. And it probably was whispering dead low. Yeah, big probably. time. Big time. Okay, so uh, with your movies and then what was... Can you remember some of the, the earlier movies that really stood out and had an impact on you? Yeah, a lot of those 80s uh, big budget uh, things. Action like, things? Like E.T., yeah. the Rocky films, mm. the Rambo films. I remember seeing we went for a school trip at the end of one year, pro- probably when I was 10 or 11, to see Rocky Five mm-hmm. at the Roxy Cinema in Oldham. Yeah. This is like an old cinema where you'd queue up outside and the guy that owned the cinema would poke everyone with his cane, <laughs> like get, you know... It, it, it was like being in yeah. Germany in a certain decade. You yeah. know, it was it was really you had to behave. Or or uh, or any school in Britain in the fifties. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's very much like that. But I remember we went we went to see Rocky Five, which isn't the greatest Rocky film. Mm. So that's the one that's got the real boxer Tommy Morrison in it, and ah, Rocky right. at the end. He's you know he's retired because he's had a brain injury from fighting Dolph Lundgren in the yeah, fourth, and fourth four. film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then at the end of five, he has a street fight. Mm-hmm. And that's when he gets the eye of the tiger and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I remember the whole cinema, full cinema, sold out, you know, probably 500 people yep. shouting, Rocky, Rocky, <laughs> wow. Rocky. And it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of thing doesn't happen these days. No, no. That's, yeah, that's huge impact, yep. isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I remember seeing films like The Karate Kid. Wow. You know, I'd come out of that yep. with my, I think my mum taught me to see that, you know, and all the kids straight out of the karate kid, <laughs> of course, uh, are karate experts and everyone's, do, you know, chopping each other and doing kicks and, and such. Great story, though, um, yep. about standing up to bullies, really. Very much so, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, basically 
facing up to uh, yep. challenges in life. Yep. You know, and uh, God bless the uh, the old Japanese gentleman whose name Pat Morita. That's right. He Mr. was Mr. Miyagi. Exactly. What? Uh, wipe on, wipe off. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's right. It's, it's also a great film about painting fences and <laughs> cleaning cars. It certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. As you say that, I do actually. You know, because for balance. When you are doing those sort of tasks, it's actually, well, I'm, I'm using my right arm and my right hand too much, so let's right. do the left hand and yeah. let's do the Mr. Miyagi. Brilliant. Um, also, Ralph Macchio also popped up in a movie around about the same time, Crossroads. Mm. Uh, have you ever seen that? I have, yes. Yeah, so Ry Cooters plays a big part That's in right. the, the, the movie uh, music for that yep. too. Um, All about selling your soul to yeah. the devil at the crossroads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Which, Steve Vai, I think, is the, that's is right. the bad guy that, yeah. that they're trading licks between each other. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Quite an amazing movie, too. Okay, uh, now, growing up in northwest uh, England as well. Okay, so uh, you were born late 1970s as well. Yep. So, how old were you when you came here, and what, what was it like growing up in, in, in that world um, until you came over to New Zealand? So... You might have heard that Manchester is a very rainy town, ah. and it is a very rainy town. I, yeah. you know, Auckland is pretty rainy, but Manchester really takes the cake. Yeah, but uh, it's a different kind of rain. It over is, there, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's much wetter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm struggling to remember really hard driving rain over in Britain. You know, you've got that all-encompassing sort of an enveloping um, drizzle. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember huge no, we, driving we rain. have yeah. driving rain as well. We have two types of rain, oh, okay. uh, and it's pretty constant. <laughs> you know, it started raining when I was born and, and didn't really stop. Uh, you know, there's the odd week of summer here and there. But, That's right. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, they must have enough sunshine up at, up at that way. I mean, you know, because they play cricket, and, and Lancashire, of course, is one of the greatest um, yep. counties and have got a, a great track record of playing uh, uh, at Old Trafford and, and all around the traps, and, of course, the Lancashire Leagues and, and Yorkshire as well. Um, so, that, you know, they must have a few sun, sunshine days. I wonder whether climate change has also played a part in, uh, mm. in, in the, the weather patterns over that part of the world. Yeah, I think when I look at the news now... I think they seem to have more heat waves now than yeah. they used to do when I was growing up. I yeah. don't remember heat waves at all. Yeah. I, there was heat yeah. waves, I'm sure I'm sure there were, but it seems to be pretty much a, a, a yearly thing that there's this three or four weeks where yeah. it's uh, intense heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, during your podcast, uh, it was interesting too that um, you brought up the point about um, New Zealand's preoccupation with reviewing weather. <laughs> and it's interesting that, we, uh, that our conversation has now uh, transferred into this show and we're it talking has, about yes. the weather. Um, yeah, but can you re- uh, sort repeat? Of, yeah, yeah you'll just, just review that particular observation. So, so a weather report or a weather forecast is supposed to be a weather <laughs> forecast. They're forecasting what the weather is hmm. so that you can prepare for yourself for what the weather's going to be like yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And that's what a weather forecast is. When I came to New Zealand in 2008, I was shocked to learn that on the news in New Zealand, the weather report is more like a review of what the weather's mm. been, yeah. uh, as well as the forecast. But, you know, it's a very odd thing that they're saying... Oh, it rained today, as though you might not have looked out of a window and seen that there was water falling from the sky. Yeah. It's a very, uh, seemed to be a very Kiwi thing. Mm. But you raised a good point that it's probably related to the agriculture section of, of New Zealand. Yeah, and also um, 
subsequently, because off the back of uh, appearing on your podcast as well, you always think of uh, things that you didn't talk, even though I talk constantly for about an hour and a half with you. Um, the, the other thing too is what is, is obviously, you know, we're an island as well. So, you know, weather patterns, especially when you're, when you're out in, uh, you know, uh, maritime uh, activities is also very important too. Um, yeah, but I do, and I think I said to you at the time too, I think we've got a, a huge sense of nostalgia in this country and, um, you know, the, the weather review report before you get the forecast for tomorrow is also, you know, a little bit of a sense of nostalgia. Oh, yes, we, we did have some, we had some wonderful sunshine or we had some amazing wind today. I, I'm not too sure you can you can count uh, nostalgia as, oh, do you, do you remember two hours ago when it rained? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I, t- I take your point. But, you know, we but we do like to look backwards. Yes. And uh, it's also probably for those shift workers, maybe, that uh, work at night and, you know, they slept right the way through it and they were, oh, I wonder what the weather was like today. Ah, thank goodness the weather yes, review. Maybe. Re- maybe I'm being too harsh on no, no. New Zealand. Uh... Well, in some ways, we've also got to fill out an hour of, of news and yeah. sport and uh, a little bit of culture and then, of course, weather at the end. Well, I watch TV3 and the mm. weather girl on there is called Heather. Yes. They never make an, a, a mention of her name being Heather and she... She presents the weather, but what am, who, yeah. am I to, who am I to speak? And, you know, there's an opening for uh, comic music writers somewhere around the world uh, or around the country, uh, Heather the Weather Girl, uh, though Weather Woman would probably be right. Yeah, Weather Heather Person Keats, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Weather Woman. Yeah. Weather, weather Person. We watch um, the incredibly enthusiastic man about the weather on TV1. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I take your point. TV3 uh, news writing is always a little bit more um, active. Mm-hmm. Um, so you came to New Zealand in 2008. Correct. Let's, let's talk about the podcast yes. as well. So you, you're hugely enthusiastic about movies. Why did you decide to create My Movie DNA? So I've been a long time listener to podcasts. Uh, Pretty much since 2003 or 2004, I bought my first iPod. Yeah. And I, I was a big muso guy on, until that point. All I did was listen to music, mm-hmm. started listening to podcasts, yep. and pretty much I've only listened to podcasts. I, I listen to vinyl, music on vinyl, but I don't really listen to music through, through my phone or in, in headphones. Mm. Uh, so I've always listened to podcasts. It's, it's such a great format, really. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, and never even thought about making my own podcast Hmm. until a couple of years ago uh, an old friend of mine from Manchester and his friend uh, called the Something Wicked podcast uh, they they started one and their podcast their theme of their podcast is slightly dark but comedic uh, topics yep Uh, so they talk about, I mean, this isn't that comedic, but they talk about things like serial killers, mm. British serial killers, like mm-hmm. the Yorkshire Ripper, et cetera. Yep. But they take the, there's not much humour in that sort of thing, but there, no. there is a dark uh, yep. vein of humour that's 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 p- pulsing through those sort of topics. Yeah. Uh, so they did a podcast, which I, I listened to, and I thought, oh, if they can do this, I, mm. I, can, I can do this. Yeah. Uh, and I knocked a few ideas around. Uh, my wife, Willow, is is a big help. I always thank her on my podcast as my production support. You do. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, w- I want to talk about movies uh, and, and music. But what I wanted to do was 
and this is the most important thing, I just want to have uh, interesting conversations with people. Yes. So each of my episodes is a different person and it's me interviewing that person. Mm. These are musicians, filmmakers, radio DJs like mm. uh, PJ Taylor, mm -hmm. uh, comedians, and pretty much anyone who will speak to me. Uh, usually about an hour long, mm. although I fail at that and I regularly go mm. o over 60 minutes. The thing about it, I mean, if the conversation's interesting, exactly, people are going to stay with it. Yeah, and, and mm. the, the whole format of a podcast is, you know, it's a file that lives in your phone and it saves your place. So you don't have mm. to listen to it all at once. Yeah, brilliant. You know, it, it'll save where you're up to. Mm. Uh, and the, the, the theme around my movie DNA is... I believe that uh, movies that you watch in your childhood and throughout your life end up being the building blocks of who you are. Mm. So it is in your DNA. So yeah. the films you watch, you know, when you're four or five, mm. just as important as the films you watch when you're a teenager and mm. and, and and so on in, into your life. Mm. Uh, and that's pretty much what I try and pull out of people. Yeah, and that's what I thoroughly enjoyed because, uh, and you probably picked up on it too, I mean, I was firing a whole bunch of different uh, movies, uh, th names and also names of actors and actresses, uh, you know, but it was all linked to certain points and, you know, by trying to link it to also uh, putting it in a New Zealand context, you know, from my own personal sort of cinematic experience as well, it, you know, it was, it was a nice opportunity to tell, you know, stories from Auckland's history and and, yep. and also culturally what was happening in New Zealand um, socially as well, politically. Um, you know, it's a great idea. The other thing too is that you relatively, and, you know, still fairly early on, even though you've been doing it two or three years now, isn't it? Two, 18 months. It's only going to keep growing yep. bigger and bigger and bigger, yep. you know, and the, that audience is just going to grow. But, I mean, it's just a wonderful creative outlet. Yep. Yeah? And, yeah, you're right about it growing so when I started it, I had a, I had a you know, a, a little penciled list in my head of people I wanted to speak to. But only in the last year, I've talked to people that I wouldn't have dreamed of talking to originally. And mm. they've suggested other people I need to talk yeah. to. And it's sort of like a snowball effect. It does. And, and word gets around as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the other thing too, don't ever be shy because, you know, I mean, I worked in journalism for a long time and, and still do bits and pieces here and there as well. Don't ever be shy about asking, especially in this country as well. You know, um, people will say yes. You know, I mean, the the uh, the one you did with Karen O'Leary, yeah. you know, hilarious. It's my favourite episode so far. Yeah. She's such a funny lady. Yeah. Uh, so people that don't know her, so she's from Wellington Paranormal. Yeah. And I think her current gig is on the Paddy Gower show in the, yes, in the evenings. Yeah. And I think she's just been on Taskmaster New Zealand as well. Oh, she's been on a whole bunch yeah. of different Yeah, she's everywhere at the moment. Well. Yeah, no, I like to think I've helped in, in her career. You have. <laughs> it all started when I interviewed her yeah. a year ago. Yeah. But she is such a funny lady, uh, mm. and we had such a great chat. Yeah. Uh, but you've interviewed... You've interviewed some very interesting people also connected with the business as well, yeah. you know, who are actually working in the film industry. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the first person I spoke to was uh, one of my friends, uh, Billy Rogers. She is the uh, venue manager for the Hollywood Cinema out right in Avondale. Yeah. I mean, she's a she's a big muso as well. She's a Tate Music Award-winning uh, mm -hmm. bass player from uh, a band called Street Chant. Yep. And yeah, so I spoke to her. She was, she was very... Uh, very nice to give me some time 
considering that I just came up to her, I had, n- I had nothing to show her. I yeah. said, this is what I want to do. Yeah, and you're and, the first person. And, and she she was so nice to me to, to, to take me up and, and, and give me some time. We had a great chat. And, you know, when I when I listened back to that, even though it's only 18 months ago, I've, I've come such a long way in terms of how I can hmm. – uh, take people on on that sort of conversational journey, mm. whereas I was sort of finding my feet back then. Yeah, and now I feel a, a lot more confident in how I interview people. Yeah, and you know, even then, I'll I'll, I'll listen to a an, an episode from a year ago, and, and and I'll listen back to it, and I'll think, oh, why didn't I ask this when they said this? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's all in my brain, and it's it's all yes. it's all building up and hopefully making a better experience for the listener. Yeah, I mean, and in hindsight's always, you know, a it thing is. too, it because, is. you know, I mean, I, I came away from that and, you know, as I mentioned before, I got a lot of words in, uh, but then you come away thinking, oh, I should have mentioned that and I should have yep. mentioned that, you know, but, you know, it is just a, a wonderful snapshot too. And I, th- I think you're giving people, you know, a lovely platform to be able to, um, you know, just go down trips down memory lane. Yep. Uh, and that will also jog uh, some wonderful memories for uh, listening audience. So people, I would totally recommend, if you're looking for a good podcast, go and check out My Movie DNA with Johnny Andrews. It's really, really good. And what you also do is that you allow, you know, you chuck out a few uh, questions here and there, but you do allow people to to talk. Yeah, I think that, the, you know, if, if I'm just asking this, there's about 10 questions that I ask each uh, listener, uh, each guest. Mm. But it's it's the questions that come up in between those questions yeah. that, that is the real gold. Yeah. And you know sometimes we can be talking about something that I I'd, I'd never understand how we got to this subject. But it's <laughs> because when you're talking to somebody, yeah. it's not a pre-planned thing. Yeah. You say one thing, and then the other person reacts to that, and then you react to what they're saying, mm. and, and you sort of build on each other. Mm. And I think that's where the gold. Uh, comes in a, in a conversation, and I, I like to think that I've catch, captured some of that in, in some of the podcast episodes. Yep. It's been 19 so far. Brilliant. I'm recording one on Monday night uh, with somebody in the UK. So most of them I've done face to face. Yes. A couple I've done online on Zoom. Yep. Which makes a bit of an odd experience because usually I'm speaking to people in the US or the UK, and sometimes the time zones don't quite work out. So it's either yeah. really early or really late for somebody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's you know it's been it's been great so far. Yeah, no, congratulations, well done on that front. Thank you. Now, uh, right, I think we might in- invite you to play another song. Cool, if that's okay. Sure. So uh, you are listening to East FM and our. Uh, and it's She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ, that's me, and our extra special guest DJ this afternoon is uh, the hugely interesting and uh, very entertaining uh, Johnny Andrews, and uh, he's a local East Auckland uh, resident, and uh, we're very fortunate to have him and his wonderful family living in our community. Now, he's going to play another uh, song live on uh, the guitar is the Adonis. Um, how long have you had the Adonis? I bought this in Thailand. Okay. Uh, it's a nice sounding guitar. It is very nice, actually. Mm. Bought this, we went to a wedding in Thailand, and I thought, you know what, maybe I should just go and buy a guitar while I'm here. N- didn't even think about the logistics of getting it home. Okay. But it was uh, the guy in the in the, in the the shop, you know, couldn't have been happier that I'd come in to buy a guitar. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I brought it home, and it's been my main guitar at home ever since. And uh, yeah, so it is a really nice guitar. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise that you found uh, such a, a lovely sounding guitar. And and obviously, you know, it it suits you. You know, 
good action on the on the yeah. on the fretboard. So I remember when I went in, it's, it was it was like a bit of a like a not a junk shop, but they had lots of different mm, things, novelties. Yeah, yeah. And there was other guitars. There was like a, a Yamaha, I remember, or and maybe even like a Fender or a Gibson acoustic. Wow. And I thought, oh, maybe I should buy that, mm. you know, because it's quite cheap. Yeah, we're, we're in Thailand, and I've got yeah. tourist money. Mm. But the guy kept put me back onto this guitar because I think it was the best guitar in his shop and he, he just yeah, wanted yeah. to sell it Okay, and it's, it's such a nice thing when you're on a beach holiday yeah. and somebody has a guitar yeah really you know? yeah. yeah if you're just sitting around it's nice to be sat around and, and, and playing guitar as well yeah I totally agree with that okay so we're going to now invite Johnny to play uh, another song uh, he's going to probably sing. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do, but uh, this is a real treat. And uh, listeners, wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying it. This is She'll Be Right on Saturdays with PJ. This is Johnny Andrews, and he's playing live. So, so you think you can tell Skies from pain. Can you tell a green field from a cold steel rail? Smile from a veil. Do you think you can tell? Did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts? Hot ashes for trees. Hot Johnny Andrews, and uh, you might recognise the song. Now, I'm just going to play a track by The Chills as uh, we give him an opportunity to just take a breath.
The Chills with Little Alien and uh, from an album. In fact, I think it's probably their most uh, recent album. That was called Scatterbrain and uh, that was only out just a few years ago. And uh, we, we've been talking about uh, movies uh, this afternoon and just happened quite by chance that it was playing on Sky Open last night, Channel 15 on your free view. Um, because I'm not a huge um, subscription watcher. We watch a little bit of Netflix and that's about it. Uh, though I watch a little bit of TVNZ plus uh, from time to time, especially uh, with the sport. Um, but if you ever get an opportunity and you haven't seen it, and uh, I was, yeah, I've been meaning to get around to uh, seeing the movie The Chills, The Triumphs and Tragedy of Martin Phillips. I would totally recommend it uh, if you're a New Zealand music fan or if you're just a general music fan. Um, just a wonderful story. And it was, you know, warts and all as well, very honest, um, but nice to see that uh, he's in a good place. Not that he's not been in a good place right the way through, but uh, of course the Chills have been an incredibly uh, important uh, band in New Zealand music history, so uh, totally recommend that. And uh, there's a few things that, of course, you can learn as well. You are listening to East FM, you're listening to Shelby Wright on Saturdays with PJ, that's me. Extra special guest DJ is uh, Johnny Andrews. And of course, we live in the the world now, uh, we live in the world now, yes we do, Uh, but we live in a world now where subscription is everything. And there's so many different platforms and different entities, you've got all, uh, is it Disney Plus and there's uh, Apple TV and there's, um, I mean, I'm not really a big subscriber. 
I come from that, you know, that generation that, ah, free TV is free TV, you know? Yeah, I think we're in a state of flux at the moment. It can't it can't go on like this forever that there's going to be these mm. different subscription services. All, Too many, it yeah, seems like, yeah. All with exclusive content. Sky, Neon. Yeah, yeah so I think what, what will happen is we'll move into a period where there'll be services that collect the best of of those. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's very odd. I mean, if you if you think back to the 1970s or the 1980s and told somebody that this, this would be mm. happening, they wouldn't. They yeah. couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. You know, it, it, we've we've gone into such a different uh, way of consuming media mm. than we had when when it was broadcast radio and broadcast TV. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the selection because I mean the other thing that people used to talk about with uh, cable television in, in, in America was, and Bruce Springsteen wrote that song, 57 Channels and There's Nothing On. And I think we got to that point, you know, we were first introduced to that sort of theory when, you know, Sky grew and grew and grew and there were so many channels. But what you find when you're doing that is that you're going up and down the channel list so much yep. and you're looking at the guides that you're wasting so much time. Correct. Actually what you could be viewing. Yep. I'm not a big viewer of TV. I'd actually rather go off and, and play some music, but no, draw from yeah. a hard copy. Um, Speaking about Sky Movies, you spoke. You asked me earlier about my, you know, my how I started watching movies. Yeah. When my family got Sky Movies in yeah. 1989, I think yep. it was, it was like the floodgates yeah, were opening. Yeah. yeah. Up until that point, the only the only way I would watch films would be if they were broadcast on TV, mm-hmm. which was you know there was films on TV all the time. Yeah. But, it was very rarely that you that a big film would you know mm. it'd take years for a big film to to be on TV. That's right. Or I would watch videos. Nobody seemed to own many videos back then. Mm. They would just go to the video shop. Yep. But when my family got Sky Movies, mm. and I seem to remember that they my parents wouldn't buy the Sky Movies subscription at first, so we could actually get the Sky Movies channel, but it had uh, yeah, white, white, white noise on it, That's right. so you could hear it. Yeah. And it was like you know you could you could almost hear what was going on behind the curtain, but you couldn't actually see it. Yeah. But then you know they caved into pressure, <laughs> and we got uh, Sky Movies, and that was it. Game yeah. over. Yeah. I was watching Sky uh, uh, movies all the time. I'd get home from school, and watch a movie. Yeah. Uh, Why? Why movies? Does that take you away? From yeah. I. I th- I, I've often asked myself this 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 thing. There's a there's a couple of quotes that I really like in uh, so Roger Ebert, the mm-hmm. famous uh, film critic in the in the US. He said a couple of things which are really they really ring true to me. First of all, the cinema is an empathy machine. Yeah. So it makes you really feel for the characters. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, yes. the other thing he said is that cinema is the only art form where you can have a true out of body experience. So you can go to an art gallery, mm. or you can listen to a piece of music, and it you know it might take you out of where you are currently. But if you see a really good film and it really grips you, especially if you're in the cinema, mm. you can literally have an out of body experience, and you're you're living those experiences. Yeah. Myself and my friend Tom watched Heat, the Michael Mann film, at mm-hmm. the cinema a couple of weeks ago. Great film, and I had, even though I'd seen that film dozens of times before. I had multiple out-of-body experiences where I was just, I was in the film, mm. you know, and it really t- took me over. And I think that's why I love film so much. Yeah, it's the experience. It's that, and big screen experience especially. Mm. Okay, we've got another, uh, we've got another soundtrack lined up and it's spinning on the, uh, on the turntable right now. Now this is probably one of the, the most famous of the Robert De Niro movies and I'll leave it to you to introduce. 
Yeah, so we're going to play the main title from 1976's Taxi Driver, directed by, and I will pronounce his name correctly, hmm. Martin Scorsese. Okay. It's not Scorsese, as everyone seems to think. It, yeah. it is Scorsese. 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 Uh, but everyone says Scorsese. Hmm. Uh, his fourth or fifth film, uh, written by Paul Schrader, who went on to direct uh, films uh, by himself. And, yeah, one of the great... Uh, uh, performances by Robert De Niro as the lonely uh, yes. loose cannon mm. Travis Bickle who is a taxi driver and of course Robert De Niro because he's a method actor mm. he went and became a taxi driver for three months yes. so that he had some experiences um, but it's one of those characters too and I, I seem to remember there was another one it's it's one of that sort of it's that mentality when you think, geez, life is tough and life is hard and this is a crazy world, you can sort of identify with that point when you're just going to go cross the edge. Yep. Yeah, when it's just... Was it Michael Douglas that might have played... Oh, a, falling down. Yeah, yes. might have, yeah. you know. It, it, it's all it's that all-encompassing, um, I'm mad as hell and I'm yep. not going to take it anymore. Right. Peter Finch, Network. Network, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, here so, we go. Thank you for the allocution. of music and it actually stirs up quite a few different emotions in a very short space of time yep. there's a sense of drama and a sense of mm, seriousness but then there's also that nice light as well I don't know how, how you think about it yeah so weirdly uh, the composer Bernard Herrmann uh, 
is more associated with Hitchcock. So he, ah, he did a, a lot okay. of, pretty much all of the big Hitchcock scores, Psycho, Rear Window, Vertigo. Uh, very brassy composer. He, you know, he, he made the brass section work over time. Well, hello. Hey, mate. And uh, he and Hitchcock had a falling out in the mid-70s. Ah, okay. He did a score, I think, for Tom Curtin, Steve McQueen, mm -hmm. I think. And it wasn't what Hitchcock wanted, and they had a falling out and never spoke again. Right. Uh, and then he came into Martin Scorsese's orbit and did the uh, score for Taxi Driver, which is such a... It's an oddly jazzy mm. yet ominous score mm. but the the fact that i, I did want to uh recount is that so bernard herman died the day he completed the taxi driver oh score. crikey he, wow. he never saw it in picture wow. wow he went home the last scoring session went home and then and, and died that night wow yeah so it's his last it's his calling card it's his last uh wow swan song that's a huge i mean because that just opens up a whole bunch of different sort of things too did he have a condition where he knew he was on a, a, a deadline, a timeline? Uh, possibly. They're always yeah, on timelines, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But I think it was quite a sudden death. It wasn't a Yeah, I, know, yeah I was actually thinking sort of medically. Did he know that something was on, on, on the horizon or no, was it just I a sudden so. thing? Wow. Just a sudden thing, yeah. And um, was there any sort of posthumous award for that particular... Did, did that do any... Any any good at the uh, awards? Good question. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm putting you on the yeah, spot, and you, you are referencing you your really um, your um, informational international superhighway uh, computer. Oh, that's uh, that's also known as a phone and a camera. Yeah. Man looks at phones. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you are listening to. She'll be right. While Johnny's also referencing that. I mean, it, we probably yeah. Anyway, you have. It was nominated. Yes. A posthumous nomination. Yeah. But it did not win. Wow. Well. Yeah, well, that's quite sad. But, I mean, I'm, sh I'm sure that he was content in, in, in terms of uh, what he produced through his career. And working with Hitchcock is uh, no, uh, yeah, no um, small achievement. Um, um, those scores, like Psycho and Vertigo mm. and Rear Window. It's all about the suspense of Hitchcock. Yeah. Really. yeah. And yeah. it's all related to the music, especially Psycho. Yeah. And the birds in some ways, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Now, uh, we've just had a look at... Um, was it? You're talking about me. Um, De Niro was, well, that was, do you think that that was Bobby De Niro as, you know, the people in Hollywood, the insiders, they call him Bobby De Niro. Um, yep. But Definitely one of his greatest performances. Yeah, and yeah. fairly early on in his career too. Yep. I mean, that so, was one that really put him in lights. So he'd he'd won an Oscar by then. Mm. So he won Best Supporting Actor for Godfather Part Two, yeah. which is 1974. That's right. He then did Taxi Driver in 76. Mm. He then, unfortunately, did New York, New York with Liza Minnelli in 1977, which okay. was also Scorsese. Yeah. That is not the greatest film. Mm -hmm. But just a couple of years later, he did Raging Bull for Scorsese yeah. and won Best Actor. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, him, he is one of the greatest, you know, he's one of the heavyweights of, of acting. Yeah. Okay. So that's where you put him. Yep. And he's done, he's done a lot of, I mean, he's even done comedy. Yeah. Well, you could call it comedy. I mean, some of his comedic roles. Meet the Fockers. Yeah. I mean, he's brilliant in there. Yeah. Midnight Run. Have you seen Midnight Run? No. It's a late 80s film by the director of Beverly Hills Cop, Martin, okay. Martin Brest. Yep. And it's about a guy that has, he's a, 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 a bonds collector, you know, yep. if people are out on bail. Yeah. He has to transport uh, Charles Grodin yep. across America. Yeah. 
uh, and it's such a great film and that is one I think it might have been his first comedic role and yeah. it's perfect some of his other comedic roles aren't oh, sure. too great but that one is a is a real yep. classic and of course the one and I think we either talked about it in the podcast or we talked about it subsequently afterwards as well the one where he plays the uh, the mob boss that um, is going through a few sort of um, well he's becoming a little bit um, uh, what's the word um He's not conflicted. As, yeah, and he's not so cutthroat as what he was previously, yeah. and his therapist is Billy Crystal. Analyze this. That's it. And the sequel, Analyze That, <laughs> which is a great sequel name. Yeah. In fact, one of my favourite sequel names is the ABBA sequel. So Mamma Mia is the first one. Yeah. The sequel is called Mamma Mia 2, yes. Here We Go Again, yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely great. I mean, yeah. they... That title is so good. Mm. I think they wrote the film around the title. I don't know about the film. I've not seen it. But. Yep, yep. Somebody would have been one of those long Hollywood lunches. Yeah. Uh, a few, a few. Hey, you know what's a great idea? I know. I know, <laughs> Mr. Warner. We we gotta do this. <laughs> 